welcome to the DNBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strengths, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. It is Sunday, December 3rd. It's about 8 a.m. when I'm starting this recording. I'm going to give my thoughts at the end on what I think the college football playoff should be. By the time you're listening to this, we'll know the actual results, so I figured I'll just leave that in the end and give my rationale for what I think it should be. I'll react to what it ultimately ends up being as well. Uh, I've already tweeted about it, if you're dying to know, so you can go check that out via my Twitter page, at Justin T. Michael as well. We've got a gritty, gritty hoops win to dive into. Number 20 CSU men's basketball, soon to be ranked higher. Moved to 8-0 on the year, 86-81 victory over the Washington Huskies out in Las Vegas. Didn't look like much of an atmosphere on TV. Honestly, I thought with the football championship being the night before and Washington winning, having that triumphant moment that they would really flood the arena and support the men's team as well while out there. I don't know, maybe they all had flights out early that morning because it didn't look that intense on TV. Uh, Anyways, I I would just start by saying my instant reaction to this win, it's not going to go down as the biggest standout win on paper. Months from now, when you look back on this, it's not going to be one that really jumps out to you. Creighton CU definitely meant more. I just think this was as impressive of an effort as we've seen this year. Again, that's not to say that it was the best actual performance offensively or defensively, but coming off of the emotional high of last week, now being shorthanded and what seemed like kind of a flat atmosphere against a team that's good, but frankly struggled. I mean, they're the type of team that could beat you if you don't play your best game, but clearly CSU is superior. I I don't know. I, I just thought coming off of last week, beating a top 10 squad and your big rival, the emotional high of all that, to pull this one out, considering the circumstances, this was as impressive of a win as CSU has pulled off this year. Just given all of the, the extenuating circumstances, you're already shorthanded. Jalen Lake, he's out six weeks after break, at least six weeks after breaking his finger in practice. Wish him well. The fact that he was able to tough it out for 16 points against CU, legendary stuff. Medved said it himself. They did get Cartier back for 20 crucial minutes off the bench in this one. Thank God. They they absolutely needed him. It's funny, actually. I texted multiple people before the game who all asked me, is Cartier going to play? And I said the same thing. You know, I don't know. But if they could get 20 minutes out of him, it would be huge. He gave them exactly that. We'll get into more on that later. But just already being shorthanded and then losing Neat Clifford on just an absurd, flagrant two-foul call less than six minutes in the game. Isaiah getting in foul trouble in the first half as well. The fact that they were able to just hang around, and while Washington is is shooting lights out from deep, it's just a testament to the mentality and the depth of this squad. If you're down 10 to 12 at the half, maybe that's too big of a hole to climb out of on a night like this. I, I would never assume anything with this team they're so resilient but you know given you're already missing a, a couple of key guys you know you have you're missing your six man altogether you lost one starter uh, another starter is limited with what he's able to contribute 
just physically. I mean, obviously, Cartier played really, really well in this one, and they needed it in a major way. I just thought the response from this team was so impressive. It kind of felt like Clifford getting tossed was almost a, a rallying moment for them, and you certainly would have preferred to have him. I'm just saying it was kind of a wonky flow coming out of the gate, really that whole first half. CSU got called for 11 personal fouls over the first 20 minutes. Obviously, the flagrant two on Neek, which resulted in him getting ejected. One of the, the worst calls you've seen all year. One of the worst calls you will see all year. It, it was a ref show early on. I mean, it really was. There were 21 personal fouls called between the two teams over the first 20 minutes. You do got to credit CSU, though, because I thought they did a good job of adjusting to the way the game was called. and. Maybe the officials lightened up a little bit. I don't know. But the Rams only had five fouls in the second half after having 11 in that first. And that's just great composure. It's really easy to lose your cool. You've got to credit the staff, Medved, for not losing his mind. I certainly would have flipped a lid at some point in that first half. You just got to credit that that entire team for adjusting and figuring out a way to get it done within the way that the officials were calling the game, which is really, really just a, one of many examples of how composed this team is. I thought that was a, really a major factor in this one. CSU shot 12 free throws in the first half and 11 in the second. Really solid balance all night. You'd like to shoot a little better at the line as a team, only 74%. But the, the major difference was after allowing Washington to get to the line for 14 free throw attempts in that first half, they didn't allow Washington to go to the line once. They had zero free throw attempts in that second half. It's not like the defensive effort was poor either. They weren't out there, you know, giving guys a, a bunch of Olays, you know, easy runs at the lane or anything like that. They were still playing good D. Even with Isaiah out there in foul trouble, it was just, it was impressive. It was impressive the way this group responded in so many ways, but especially with so many weird circumstances. I just thought it was a, a testament to their resilience, to their maturity and mentality. And it was another team victory. This was a, another night where a lot of different guys stepped up. So we're going to keep this action rolling. I'm going to continue with more takeaways and key stats. Again, at the very end, I'll dive into what I think the college football playoff should be. But uh, I do want to shout out our homies over at High Plains Strains. High Plains Strains provides top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. There are three High Plains Strains locations in northeastern Colorado, one on Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. So if you're in northeastern Colorado, they're definitely the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering ahead at highplainsstrains.com. You can pick up their locations, and with winter coming, you don't even have to get out of your car. Their drive throughs make it so convenient. Just make sure you use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. You can get any of these awesome deals. They've got a full ounce for 80 bucks, Veritas 8ths for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridges for 15, and Exquisite Extracts are 4 for 40. Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plains strains deals. I also want to shout out my longtime friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has been with us since the beginning. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. Also just gotta love the endless variety that they offer. They've got a little bit of something for everybody. I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy. 
probably going to crack one of those open in a couple hours watching the Broncos. Hopefully, you know, take down CJ Stroud and the Texans. Can never go wrong with Fun Slinger. Uh, they have the, a good company seltzer line, which is really, really tasty. Everything they do is great. Shout out Breck Brew. Check out the Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Finally, buying tickets should not be a stressful process. Maybe you want to treat yourself to an upcoming CSU men's basketball game. I'm talking St. Mary's. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really fun conference matchups. Maybe you're in the city. You want to go see the, the Nuggets and the best basketball player in the world, our Lord and Savior, Nikola Jokic. Uh, maybe you want to go to an Avs game. The Broncos are hot. Whatever you're into, game time is going to make the process so much smoother. I don't know about you guys, but buying tickets these days has largely become just a nightmare of a process. You get hit with an insane amount of hidden fees. It's really gotten ridiculous at this point. Sometimes you don't even get to see what your view is going to look like. With game time, none of that's an issue. The price you see is the price you get. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show you the total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal. Buy tickets in two seconds with just a tap. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for 20 bucks off. Terms to apply again, create an account, redeem that code to DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, we left off on crediting CSU for adjusting to the whistle, playing within the flow of the game, not getting all pouty, throwing a tantrum, and instead figuring out a way to get it done. Our cohorts in Boulder could maybe learn a thing or two, crybaby tad. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, but that's all right. I scored from all three levels in this win. CSU, 40 points in the paint, 27 from beyond the arc, 17 free throws, a couple of mid-range looks. Uh, the team just hunts quality looks. They, they really do. If you're on the drive and the opportunity to kick it to Joel Scott is there, that's what all these guards do. If the opportunity to swing the ball an extra time or two around the perimeter is ultimately going to get somebody a cleaner look in rhythm, they do it every single time. I just can't say enough good things about this team's their team first mentality. I mean, it really is. It's kind of a cliche. I get it, but that's how they play. Inherently, this is what it's supposed to look like in a, in a Princeton style offense. A lot of ball reversals, especially with CSU going four, sometimes even five out. But I just think it, it's so impressive the way that they consistently play within the flow. The fact that nobody ever gets, you know, selfish and starts hunting hero shots. They just go out and execute. And the fact that they're able to do it and share the ball like this, I mean, 17 assists and the win is honestly kind of low for CSU. But five different guys had at least two or more assists in this one. You had multiple guys with five assists. Only eight turnovers as well. Third straight game with less than 10 turnovers. All wins over high majors. If you consistently hunt quality shots, and CSU's been top three in effective field goal percentage on Ken Palm for a while now, if you do that, you share the basketball, you don't turn it over, that's a winning recipe, especially with CSU taking a major step in the right direction defensively. They're not going to be San Diego State every night, although that, that performance against Creighton was very San Diego State-esque, and CSU has had key stretches where they've really, really smothered opponents. But just the fact that they're 
they're consistent enough on the defensive end. Their perimeter defenses especially stand out. I mean, I just I love the the buildup of this team. I love the mentality. And I love that the the way they play inherently leads to a lot of different guys being able to contribute. You had five different scores and double digit figures. CSU finished plus 27 in bench points. I mean, you did have Cartier coming off the bench for 16, so he's technically normally a starter. So that's somewhat disingenuous. But second straight game that Joe Palmer makes a, a big impact and has double digit figures off the bench. He had a couple of really key offensive rebounds as well. CSU was great on the glass in general. Plus two overall, plus they matched Washington's 15 offensive boards, 21 second chance points. It was just a lot of a lot of guys doing the the dirty work in this one, which allowed CSU to hang around early. Like I said earlier, if you were down 10, 12 at halftime, maybe that's too much to come back from, but they just kind of scratched and clawed. They found a way. You're only down three at the half. You come out. I thought they did a, a better job of getting out in transition in that second half. 13 of the 18 fast break points were scored in that second half. Washington really struggled with it. CSU did a better job of getting to the line as well. They just kind of weathered the storm there early. And there were key moments from multiple guys. You get some crucial threes from a guy like Palmer. You do a good job of working the paint in that first half. While Washington is red hot from deep, shoot 50% from three in that first half. CSU had 18 points in the paint, though, had a significant advantage there. They just they didn't try and do too much. The shots weren't really falling that consistently for CSU in the first half. And the fact that, you know, you didn't have Isaiah Stevens for the final five minutes there after he picked up a ticky-tacky call on that third one that, again, the officiating was a was a mess, but they did just enough. They did just enough, and then in the second half, you kind of find your groove. One thing I think that this team has shown consistently here over the first eight games is a really, really keen ability to adjust to the flow of the game. And I was talking about officiating earlier, but I mean, in a game like this, when you're taking good looks, but maybe the shots from deep are falling, because you're always going to put up quite a few shots from deep in this offense. It's just a, a major part of it. But if you've missed three, four, or five in a row, instead of just jacking them up, if you have the ability to work the ball in the paint a little bit, get something easy for yourself, you know, do that. Just break up the flow a little bit. And I'm not saying that CSU teams in recent years were bad at that or anything. I just feel like this team adjusts much quicker and it, it makes sense, right? I mean, you have so many veterans out there, they just really understand what they're doing. But I think they do a, a nice job of picking their spots. Joel Scott is a great example of this. Early on, he took a, a couple of shots from deep. Both of them finished short. One of them finished well short, still hit the rim, wasn't an air ball or anything. After that, consistently just worked the paint for like the next 30 minutes. But with the, with the game on the line, it's a, a tie game. He hits a three to put the Rams up, you know, at one possession there with a minute 10 left. They just, they're very heady. They have the confidence to keep shooting if it's a good look, and you want them to, to have the confidence to put it up so long as it's a good look, even if they haven't been falling. But I think they just do a good job of understanding the moment, adjusting to what's working right then and there, and you know, ultimately never shying away from, from the look when, it, when it's there for the taking. But man, just a really, really smart team. 
as far as the individuals go, I think the player of the game for CSU was Joel Scott in this one. I think he's been one of the more underrated players, certainly on CSU, but really within the Mountain West, the entire country, however you want to frame it. This guy has done nothing but produce his entire career, and I understand he was making a jump from D2 to D1. Recently, unfortunately, saw his double-digit figure streak come to an end, albeit in a win over Creighton, so I'm sure he would would trade that streak for a top-10 victory in a heartbeat. I just thought he was so huge for CSU in that first half. Uh, 10 points in that first half really was a big factor and just kind of allowing the Rams to to hang around and and keep it tight. Obviously, he hit the shot to give CSU a a lead with a minute 10 left that they were able to hold as well, but 17 points, 5 of 10 from the floor, only 1 of 3 from deep, but the biggest 3 of the night. 6 of 8 at the line, not only is he able to get there, but he makes the most of those opportunities. Led the Rams with eight rebounds, also had a a couple of assists and a couple of steals in this one. Just a really solid basketball player. And I've enjoyed watching him make this transition and honestly embarrass some of these high major guys who come into the matchup thinking they're going to do their thing. (laughs) Absolutely owned Eddie Lampkin the other night. And by the way, I'm not going to do a whole thing on this, but there's a video circulating on Twitter. Somebody put a camera on Lampkin's face in the tunnel, which that's lame as hell. That's not a great representation of CSU. We can be classier that in in victory. We don't need to stoop to lower levels. And, you know, going into the tunnel, that's that's an area where the players should be safe. That's frankly a, a recipe for disaster. And if like, I mean, he did kind of shove the camera guy back, but if he, you know, hits somebody or something like that, it's just, I don't know, to to instigate off of the loss. I just thought it was lame. Um, Anyways, Lampkin had a bad game. If Cartier would have played, he would have carved him up too. Joel Scott's been so big. I think he's the player of the game, was awesome in this one. Uh, You could give it to Josiah Strong, I think, as well. 16 points, career high at CSU. Third time in the last five wins that he's been able to reset that high watermark for himself. Four and nine from the floor, two of six from deep. Also six of eight at the free throw line. Thought he did a good job of attacking. I had a layup at the end that basically sealed the deal. He kind of hesitated. I think he thought they were going to foul him. And it was almost one of those situations where they don't foul. And then when you expect the foul, you don't jump high enough and you kind of come up short. We've seen that almost work strategically for teams on the defensive side at times. He has the wherewithal to still finish. Really nice touch there. Also second on the team with five rebounds. He had five assists. He was huge defensively in that second half and slowing down Washington and what was a red hot shooting effort effort, excuse me, from deep early. He just gets more and more comfortable as as he goes on. He had always been a guy that could impact the the game with the way he defends. One of the better, if not the best, on ball defender on the team, him or Neek probably. Although I think Isaiah Stevens is underrated with how how solid of an on ball defender he is as well. Anyways, just a a really solid effort from Josiah in this one. He's not technically a new player, but considering he missed the majority of of last year with Mono, he's just been such a big boost. And all of these guys, Neek, Joel Scott, Joe Palmer, again, a guy that's not new, but they're just, they're making such a big boost for the team. Cartier was phenomenal. The fact that he was able to get it out for 20, I mean, he couldn't even walk basically earlier this week. 16 points, 7 of 11 from the floor. Four rebounds again. I really wish he could have played against CU because easy 20-piece, easy. 
Uh, Joe Palmer had a key 10 points, really provides a spark every single night. Mentioned earlier, those offensive rebounds were huge. He was second on the team with six total rebounds, and he only played 19 minutes. He just finds a way to impact it in, in a winning way, and uh, he's just so fun. Headband Joe, they really should do a promotional night where they give out headbands because he is that fun of a player. I can already see it now. Him hitting like four threes in you know, a 10 a.m. NCAA tournament game as CSU advances to the Sweet 16 or something. A guy can dream, right? A guy can dream. Isaiah Stevens, 12 points, five assists, three boards. Kind of a quiet night offensively. Still played really solid, but, I mean, he had to sit the final five minutes of the first half. I did, I did feel like his presence being out there just impacted the offense as a whole. Uh, they were able to get a, a lot of quality looks, get out in transition, and just really put the pressure on Washington down the stretch. And I didn't think they handled it very well. I, I just thought it's been fun these last couple of games to really watch the depth and the the intensity of this team kind of smother and ultimately suffocate these high major programs. As far as just final thoughts on this one go, start start dreaming big. Why not? Why not hope for the the most with this team? Because we haven't seen anything to indicate that it's not possible as of yet. I really think that they've won in every way imaginable. They've won when it's it's been a night where you weren't hitting shots, but you were just locked down defensively against a great offensive team in Creighton. You can look at the the right state win in a night where the offense was just firing. They went out on the road and just kind of handled it business-like against UNC. They won a back-and-forth affair where you know, you build a double-digit lead and then have to survive a late run from CU. They kind of won ugly in this one. It's just such a resilient group. It's such a well-constructed roster. Staying healthy is always going to be a factor with any team. I mean, it's just the reality. But this team is good enough to win the Mountain West. This team is good enough to make a, a serious NCAA tournament run. And it, it would be cool just to get to like the Sweet 16 would be such a special memory. I mean, we saw San Diego State go to a national championship. Why not? Why couldn't this team with Isaiah Stevens if, if you know, you, you get things that line up the right way? And obviously you, you'd have to take down some giants a- along the way. But I watch a lot of college basketball and... I can tell you there aren't 15 teams better in the country from what I've seen. Shoot, I'm more worried about surviving what's going to be a gauntlet in the Mountain West than having to deal with some more high majors in an NCAA tournament situation. Having to play teams like Nevada and San Diego State, New Mexico with Jalen House back, those, this absolutely could be just a, a 3-4, maybe even a 5-bit league if Boise can figure it out. Who knows? But anything is on the table. Anything is possible with this group. They're so fun. Uh, shout out to Nico Medved, 100 career wins at CSU. Hope he's here for another 100. I'll tell you what, though, he's going to be a hot, hot name. We're already seeing him being thrown around for National Coach of the Year stuff by Rothstein. We're going to have to pay up, you know, maybe double the salary. I'd love to see us do it. Let's just be big. Let's be proactive, not reactive. Pay that man his money. All right, let's, let's wrap it up here. I'm going to give my thoughts on what I think the college football playoff should be. But I want to talk to you guys about Hero Bread, who, man, they just they make some of the best tortillas I've ever had, first of all. 
but they, they make everything, whether it's sliced bread, uh, rolls, whatever you need. And what's great is they're ultra low net in carbs, zero grams of sugar per slice. They're high in fiber. It's just a better option to still have a like a delicious sandwich. I mean, the, the bread is what makes a sandwich, in my opinion. You can have great meat, great cheese, but if, if your bread sucks, it's just going to be disappointing. Hero, you get all that. You get the taste, you get the texture, you get the firmness, but you get it with a, a little bit better option for you. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co. If you use our code DNVR, you can save 10% on that first order. Again, that's hero.co. Use that code DNVR to save 10% today. Finally, Shady Rays, they've been a longtime partner of the pod. I cannot say enough good things. I wore my Shady Rays this morning while walking the dog. It was perfect because it was you know, snowing, but the sun was glaring. I'm basically blind anyways. I need to take out the glare, but I, I still have to be able to see. It can't be so dark that I can't be able to see the ice or stuff like that. Shady Rays, they make a high quality product, but it's affordable. And what's great is if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new one. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you want to check them out in person, you can shop the entire collection in the Park Meadows Mall, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. You can always just exchange or return them within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, before we get out of here, I just wanted to give my thoughts on what I think the college football playoffs should be. Again, I know we know what it is by now, but I'm recording this on Sunday morning before the show. I think it's at like 10 a.m., um, but I'm a big college football guy. We've been talking about the rankings all year long. Let's just start with, I, I think, the the two that are undisputed. Michigan, after winning the Big Ten, even though the Big Ten is highly overrated and Washington, after winning the Pac-12, which was a gauntlet this year, really impressive against Oregon, that line against Vegas, or that line by Vegas against Oregon, kind of weird with how it played out. I, I don't know. I, I was certainly off on that one. But I think those two are, are without a doubt. Where it gets interesting is, you know, do you add a team like Florida State, who won the ACC, went undefeated, did beat LSU earlier in the year? They're currently injured, though. You know, you're down to your third-string quarterback, probably going to get slaughtered by any of these teams. The The big debate with Bama beating Georgia is what about, you know, Bama and Texas? Texas, a one-loss team. Bama, a one-loss team. Both won their conference. Texas, with that win over Bama, a lot of people saying they should get in. Bama should be left out. I think Florida State is going to get left out. I think the principle of leaving out an undefeated conference champion is going to leave a sour taste in some people's mouth. I think from a, a product standpoint, if we want actually want the best four teams, which is the whole point of having a committee in the first place, so that you could, you know, assess the the landscape and be able to pick through all of that. If you're just gonna go with the highest ranked conference champions, you don't even need a committee. There's no point. What's the what's the debate here? But I've got Michigan 1, Washington 2. I've got Alabama. There's no way they're leaving out the SEC. I know the SEC haters would love it, but it's just not happening, and they shouldn't. And I've got Texas at 4 who get in because of that win over Alabama. 
And people saying, why even play it? That That's what gets them in over Florida State, what gets them in over Georgia, who, frankly, I think the committee would love to put in over Florida State and even over Texas. But I do think that that win in Tuscaloosa by 10 points, one of, if not the most impressive win, I do think Bama and SEC Championship has a strong argument here. But to go out on the road and win that for Texas, I mean, that's the type of game you schedule to help yourself get into the playoffs. So I do want to see them rewarded as well. While I do think Georgia is objectively one of the best four teams, they needed to win that title game. They needed to do a little bit more in their regular season schedule. I mean, everybody hates Bama, and I understand that. I'm a Bama guy, so obviously my perspective is going to be different. But, I mean, punishing them for playing that Texas game, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. So it's a weird spot. It's a really tough spot. This is a year where they certainly would have benefited from having that expanded playoff. And while I was skeptical of it at at first, I do think it's going to be a situation that makes it a lot more interesting down the stretch here. Uh, But that's my four. That's what I think it should be. I just don't think Florida State's a top four team in the country. And if we were just going to go with the the four rated highest conference champions, we didn't need a committee in the first place. And I understand that that's how it's always been to this point. But I also don't think there have been that many controversial decisions to this point. 2014 was really the, the only weird one we've had, at least in my opinion. And there's there have been a couple of somewhat close ones, but nothing like this. And to the people that say, well, it's always been this way, so you can't change it, it doesn't really matter. This format's changing anyways. They're going to 12 teams. All of it is going to be different moving forward anyways. So the committee kind of has a little bit more flexibility to just say, screw it. We're, we're going to do what we want. We want the best four teams. I, I would hope that Bama gets included after beating Georgia, who had won 29 straight back-to-back national championships, and who were objectively the number one team in the country, according to the College Football Playoff Committee, this week. So I just, after that win, how could you leave them out? It's a no-brainer to me. They've got three wins in the top 13 of the college football playoff for uh, the rankings this past week. I, I, I just think that's what it's going to be, and that's what I think it should be. I know some people are going to be frustrated by that, but it's why we're expanding the playoff. So that's my two cents. Uh, Roll Tide, hope they get included. Kind of living through them with <laughs> CSU being out, but uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, big, big win for CSU men's hoops. Got a nice stretch here. Coming up, hopefully you can close out the non-conference slate undefeated. Really cool to go into Mountain West play as a top 15, maybe, dare I say, even a top 10 team. We'll see. Always proud to be. Stay warm out there. Much love. Peace.